Maximize Your Influence is your podcast for the latest persuasion, sales, and negotiation techniques. Our mission is to help you influence on command, anyone, anytime, anywhere. Your host is the author of Persuasion IQ, Laws of Charisma, and the best-selling book, Maximum Influence. Now, your host, Kurt Mortensen. Hello and welcome back to Maximize Your Influence. Kurt Morrison here, podcast 471. As we take a deep dive into persuasion, motivation, influence, emotional intelligence today, why we do what we do, and that's the good deal. And a lot of people don't realize with emotional intelligence or EQ, it's not just reading other people and understanding other people. you got to deal with your own self, your own emotions. And a lot of times our emotions like driving around in first gear with the emergency brake on, wondering why we're not getting anywhere. It's usually us because we've talked about it before on the podcast that we're not thinking creatures that feel. We are feeling creatures that think. And so we're going to work with that today. And the good news, we have a guest today. We have Dr. Z, or otherwise known as Dr. Zarita Ona. She's a licensed clinical psychologist in California, and she's dedicated to helping her clients get unstuck from fear-based reactions and live the life they want to live. So she's been doing this for over 18 years, working with individuals with fear, perfectionism, procrastination, being more productive, anxiety, uncertainty, all the things that you're in denial about probably that we all have to work on. That's definitely true. She's the founder of the East Bay Behavior Therapy Center, where they look work with therapy, coaching, and focus-based interventions, and the author of six books, and a fellow of Association of Contextual Behavior Science. Patricia, welcome. Hello, good morning. Thank you so much for having me on your show. Oh, it's good to have you. Let's take a deep dive here, but we have to start out, if the listeners know, mm-hmm. tell us today, what is the worst vegetable on the planet and why? <laughs> I think the worst vegetable in the planet is broccoli. <laughs> <laughs> It's too hard. And the whole thing, it has a rich flavor. You always have to mix broccoli with something else. Well, that's true. Broccoli does need either, either a lot of butter or a lot of ranch or something to give some flavor, right? Without give it some that, flavor. Like, yeah. I remember no kids that we would never ask to pass more trees. That's what we call the little broccoli. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We got, we got one for broccoli. So write that one down. Let's get into it. As we get into more about, you know, being a perfectionist, being high achieving, which could be good things. Well, let's define perfectionism or high achieving. Is that, how do you define it? Is that good or bad? I mean, we've always driven to be successful. What are your thoughts? Mm -hmm. I think when I'm thinking about perfectionistic actions or high achieving behaviors or striving behaviors, I'm speaking about a group of people that have higher standards for themselves, higher standards for others have a a strong proneness to do things right and perfectly. They are very in touch with their values and what is truly important to them. And it just happens that because they deeply care about their values, they want to do everything right and perfectly when they deeply care. So perfectionistic behaviors by themselves are not a problem. It depends how often a person engages in those high-achieving actions, when they do it, and what they are chasing. If you are chasing an outcome that you don't have control of, you're going to be stuck. If you're chasing to make sure you don't do anything that will prove that you are a failure, you will be stuck. 
If you are chasing something that will reduce your uncertainty, you're going to be stuck. So it really depends when you're doing, why you're engaging in these behaviors and what you're chasing. That's interesting. And you think about this perfectionism, some people have it, some people don't. I mean, you look at, for example, is that based on age or personality? Because you look at some maybe boomers, do they have more of that trait to be perfectionist versus I see a lot of millennials, ah, whatever, I don't care. I mean, is that just me? Is it age? Is it personality? Where's that drive for perfectionism come from? Is it upbringing, nature, nurture, thoughts on that? Or is it all the famous answer? It depends. <laughs> <laughs> the famous answer. We love the famous answer. We love that answer. <laughs> it's context-based. Well, in my experience, and based on the research that I have read, when we think about perfectionistic actions, we're looking at more personality traits. So it's not too much age-driven or gender-based driven. It's more um, a makeup of a person. For example, with my clients, when I am mapping their proneness to do things right and perfectly, for a lot of them, it goes back to the time in which they were children and teenagers. So people usually have this tendency as part of their personality, as part of their makeup. And again, the way that I frame it is that they have this proneness to deeply care about things. Unlike height, some people have more than others. So as we look at someone who wants to be perfectionist, are they driven to be great? Or are they more driven by that fear of being a failure that they were told they would be a failure growing up and they don't want that to happen, so they want to be great? Is it a combination of those? Where is that coming from, that drive? Is it more fear or is it more just being great? Yeah, that's a great, great question. So I practice from an approach called acceptance and commitment training that basically blends mindfulness with behavioral orientations. And we are very interested within this frame to look at what drives perfectionistic actions, what's underneath all this urge to do more and more, to hustle and hustle, to work more and more. And what we identify are core psychological process behind high achieving behaviors. Um, in the case of perfectionistic actions, we do have a strong fear of making mistakes. It really feels like a phobia, right? Like it's very, very intense and a strong fear of being a failure. And these standards are sometimes more like rules about how things are supposed to be, how one's supposed to perform. And there is also this strong attachment to accomplishments. So these four core psychological variables quite often are going to lead to more rumination, to much overthinking, to analysis paralysis, to dwell on decision making. And that's when people get stuck. But those are the psychological processes, fear of making mistakes, fear of being a failure, rules or high standards about how things are supposed to be, our own performance, and attachment to accomplishments and successes. We've got all these fears that we've learned over time, worry, fear, anxieties. If someone can identify the fear that's holding them back, how do you talk to people to address that? I know it's not one and done, but what would be the first step to address that fear to get on the road? I mean, there's nothing to be perfection, being greater, to accomplishing more. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I think what I will encourage people is when they have these urges to do more and more, or they have the urges to avoid because things are not ready or they have the urges to research more information to make sure they capture everything, or they find themselves into this analysis paralysis, I will invite them to even extend their arm and look at their hands and ask themselves, what is this? What am I really, really scared of here? What's really, really going on? Because quite often we 
run too quickly our feelings. We don't like to be uncomfortable. No one wakes up and says, today I'm going to make room for my feeling of being a failure. No one says that, right? No one wakes up and says, I want to spend a lot of time with this fear of making mistakes. We actually move through them very quickly. So my invitation will be when they have these moments of stuckness, where they are searching more information, they are doubting in their minds decisions they have to make. They have this urge to avoid and postpone because things are not ready to really look at what is this, what I'm really scared about. And sometimes people have difficulty identifying these emotions. So they kind of start by noticing any body reactions, right? Like let notice what's showing up in my body right now. See if you can give a name to that feeling. And really, then you can ask yourself three questions. What am I chasing here? Am I chasing an outcome? Or am I, am I okay with the process of how things are going to be? Because sometimes we get stuck by chasing an outcome that we don't have control of. The second question could be, how am I relating to these standards? What is my mind telling me about this rule and how things are supposed to be? And the third question is, am I trying to avoid something like being a failure? Or am I trying to gain something like approval from others? So I think questioning and reflecting with curiosity what's driving these urges to do more and more are key. And that will be a starting point to unpack these perfectionistic actions. Got it. Those are some great questions to ask when we're dealing with that fear. I mean, we've identified that fear, what's holding us back. Like you said, we're trying to avoid something. We're trying to gain something. What are your thoughts when we deal with fear, like fear of dogs? Go back to children here. Uh, Do you feel like, let's get back, get you right in front of a dog right away? Or is fear easier handled a little bit at a time or does it depend on the person? Yeah, well, one of the things that we have found in in the world of behavioral science is that one of the best ways to approach our fears is by facing them. Now, you can face your fears by going cold turkey and jumping into the pool and putting yourself in a dog park, right? That's one way of doing it. The challenge with that is that you are approaching fears with white knuckles just to get it done and just do it. But what we're more interested is in helping you to choose when approaching your fears is worth it and when it's not, and to approach your fears in the service of your values, to approach what you are scared of in the service of who you want to be. So this is very important because no matter how old we are, who we are with, or where we live, we are wired to experience anxiety, fear, and stress. That's human nature. And the life skill here is to learn how to respond to it and when to make room for it in our lives. So if we are scared of dogs, going back to your example, the approach will be to ask yourself, how is this fear affecting my life? Is this fear affecting my career? Is this fear affecting my relationship with my children? And am I willing to face this fear in the service of being that co-worker or the father I want to be or the caregiver I want to be? And if so, if I'm willing to face this fear in the service of my values, what am I willing to do today? It doesn't matter whether you're doing something big or something small. What is more important is building the muscle of choosing when to approach and how to approach these fears in the service of your values. So it's a very different approach than just do it and put yourself out there and get it done, right? Because we know that actually that approach can be triggering for people. So listeners, think about that. How these fears affecting your life? Let me add, how is it affecting your bank account? I mean, yes, that's, that's a good- for salespeople. They do everything but talking to the people. That's where the money is, is the income producing activity. So it's affecting every aspect of your life. So that's well said. So we look at 
you know, becoming successful, achieving more, achieving greatness. We've talked about the emotion of fear. What yeah. other emotion do you think holds people back? Let's put fear aside. Was there another emotion that you've seen that's really holding people back from achieving greatness, achieving more? Yeah, the fear of not being good enough. The fear of not being good enough. I am not smart enough. I am not active enough. I am not attractive enough. I think sometimes uh, as a way to manage the fear of not being good enough or not being smart enough, people engage in in perfectionistic behaviors, right? People over-prepare themselves. People spend hours and hours searching for information. So that's another fear, this fear of not being good enough or the fear of being an imposter, as we see in the imposter phenomenon, right? Mm -hmm. When people start second-guessing themselves and doubting themselves, even though they have accomplished a lot, even though they are making progress, it's not enough for their minds. It's not enough for the story, right? That something is off with them. We see that a lot lately. You mentioned that imposter syndrome, right? Where people are promoted. They don't think, like you mentioned, they're not... They're not good enough, attractive enough, smart enough. First of all, where's that coming? And if I'm dealing with somebody like that, I'm trying to influence them. What are the best ways I can get into their world and help them become better and to make decisions? Mm -hmm. Two things, right? The first clarification is to understand that to be human is to be afraid. And that's a fact. And we are afraid of hundreds of things, right? So sometimes we're afraid of not being good enough. And no matter how much we do in life, the fear is coming with us. So in the past, in pop psychology, there were interventions that will encourage people to list all their positive qualities, that every time they have a negative thought about themselves, they have to say all the good things they are in life. If I have the thought that says, I am not good enough, then I quickly have to argue against the thought. I say, well, Patricia, you are a psychologist, you have a practice, you have a regular flow of clients, and blah, blah, blah. I have to counter-argue the story. The challenge is that those interventions, they work temporarily. They are not long lasting because it's a matter of time. My mind is going to doubt myself again. The skill here is to really say, wherever I go, of course, my mind is going to come with a story. And you may want to even name that story. You can know this story and name it. Like here comes the story of not being good enough. Here comes Patricia, the person that is not good enough. I am saying this in the context of our podcast. I know this sounds a little bit strange, (laughs) Mm -hmm. Uh, but noticing and naming the story makes room for it and creates some form of distance in between who we are and the story that our mind tells us. And instead of acting quickly in the story, we can ask ourselves, my mind is telling me blah, blah, blah that I'm not good enough, but what is really important to me in this moment? How do I want to show up to this moment? How do I want to show up to myself in this moment? I make decisions and choices and act from that place of values versus from the story. The idea here is that as long as you keep noticing, naming, and making room for that story without trying to suppress it, deny it, avoid it, you are going to be in a good place. We all want to be in that good place. That's true. So the opposite, of course, of that good place is being stuck. Let's say someone is feeling stuck. They have the emotions, the fear, the worry, anxiety. They just said the face of the world. They want to take a nap. They're feeling that right now. What are your suggestions for them personally to get back on track? Mm. I will encourage people to ask themselves, what really matters to me in this moment? What is my value? How do I want to show up in my relationships? How do I want to show up in my career? How do I want to show up as a friend? I think values are strong motivators for us. 
We can live a life having fun and doing all types of things, but a life, a rich life, a joyful life involves doing things that are meaningful. So the first thing we'll be asking, what, what is my value here? Then I will ask myself really the deep question, what am I trying to avoid or gain by doing whatever people are doing that keeps them stuck, right? If that's laying down in bed and watching TV, I will ask, what am I really doing here? Am I avoiding something? Am I trying to gain something? And to really practice cognitive humility and honesty with themselves. Uh, Quite often, we can lie to ourselves and we can tell all types of things that make sense. But deeply inside, we know when we are avoiding something. We know when there is something that it's really, really uncomfortable and tap into that feeling. And then ask, right, if I keep acting on this feeling or in this thought, does my life get richer and bigger or does my life contract and get smaller? It's very simple, right? I think it's not very complicated. When we look at our actions, I may say, when having this conversation, is my life getting bigger and larger or am I contracting? So I think our response is very clear, right? So I will encourage people to ask that, to check what are their values, to check if they're avoiding or trying to gain something, to check if they continue acting on that feeling or on the thought whether their life gets or gets contracted. Max Myers, I hope you caught that. That's a great question to ask yourself. You're sitting on the couch, you're like, what am I trying to avoid here? Probably if you're on the couch, it's avoiding, but you know, and what am I trying to gain here? <laughs> Those yeah. are great things to think about because pretty much every interaction is we're avoiding something, we're gaining something. It really simplifies it to really think it through. Love it. That's well, right. You know, sometimes we just want to have fun and watch a movie and have popcorn. I love to finish my, my weeks watching a good movie. It's one of my favorite things to do. But we also know when I am engaging in the same behavior, watching TV and having popcorn in this example, because I'm avoiding something. Mm. It just happens that I don't want to tap into that because it's too uncomfortable. It's too painful. I will have to face things I don't want to face. So there is having fun because we want to have fun. And there is having fun because I am avoiding something, right? Got it. (laughs) That's a good point. (laughs) Thanks, Dr. Z. What is the one thing uh, we missed here? What do our listeners need to know about what we've been talking about today? What is that big takeaway you want them to just remember and apply? I will, for our listeners, I will invite them to keep in mind that there is nothing wrong with having high standards. There is nothing wrong with being scared of being a failure or making mistakes. What is more important is to check how you are responding to those feelings, to those fears. And that's true. How are you responding? Because every successful person, every millionaire has the same fears, doubts, worries, and anxieties. It's it's not just you. You're not unique. Everybody has these, right? I mean, That's true. It's human, right? To be human is to be anxious and to be stressed. <laughs> we're feeling creatures that think. We like to think we're logical. You're not the only one. And you, know, you face these fears. And so some great information, great takeaways, because we have to deal with ourselves. If you can't lead yourself, you can't lead other people. That's an important concept here. That's so, right. uh, Patricia, how do you want our listeners to, to find you? Where they can find out more about you? Thank you for asking. I do have a website. This is drz.com. And in my website, I share a weekly newsletter. The newsletter is called Plain It Safe. And if people subscribe, they can receive weekly tips that are actionable, research-based, and compassionate-based to tackle stuckness driven by overthinking and overachieving. So that's the best place to find me and to get access to some of the work I do. 
Well, thanks, Dr. Z. Appreciate your powerful information. We'll also put that link at MaximizeYourInfluence.com. Of course, that's where you go to find all the information, the specials, the products, the services, everything you need to know. Also, the home to take your free Persuasion IQ assessment. Tell your family and friends and enemies about the podcast. We can also be found on iTunes, Spotify, Google, iHeart, YouTube, under Maximize Your Influence. And I also mentioned MaximizeYourInfluence.com. Go there for this episode's and the archives. Thanks for listening. Take one thing you learned from the show. Become more influential, a better leader. Have higher emotional intelligence. And go out and persuade with power. 